How are we as God's people to respond in the face of difficulties or in those times when things don't break our way? I pray that you're having a wonderful Easter season thus far. My name is Patrick Cooley, and I serve at Northport First, and I have the privilege of being your host for this week's podcast. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen. When I finished reading this week's selection of Scripture, I noticed how applicable they were to contemporary life. From paying the ransom for firstborns, which may not on the surface seem too applicable to us Methodists today, but hold that thought, to dealing with the struggles and grief over the outcomes of ours and others' choices and actions, from trying to figure out how bad things happen to good people, to what I think can wrap all of these things up together, to remaining faithful in difficult circumstances because of God's character. Now, that's a lot of stuff. Perhaps it's even too much for us to wrap up in a few short minutes. Nevertheless, I want to encourage you to take some time before you dive into reading and join your voice with all those other Methodists and pray the prayer of illumination that's found in the front of the hymnal on page 6. Lord, Open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Or words to that effect. Amen. Remaining faithful in difficult circumstances because of God's character. I don't think many of us would categorize what we have been through recently as people, as nations, as a world, and as a church as anything close to normal. Certainly, it has not been a cakewalk for many of us. In fact, I would wager that people's confidence in themselves and in others, as well as in both secular and religious institutions, is at an all-time low. In times like these, we tend to be looking for alternatives to the status quo that we assume promise us some relief that our normal has failed to produce. After all, like Job, we're all pretty good people, so why haven't we been able to catch a break over these last 24 to 36 months? All this leads us to advocate for one of two solutions, and I place solutions here in quotes. Option number one is to try a reset. Shut it all down and start it over again since it's not working right. I mean, that works for a malfunctioning iPhone, so why not the church and the world, right? Option number two is to single out all those others that are ruining it for the rest of us and to see to it that they don't interfere anymore. At best, that is today's cancel culture, and at worst, that is history's fill-in-the-blank. But there's a common problem with both of these solutions, and that problem is us. 
In the former, we bring ourselves with us into any new thing. And in the latter, let me remind you that we are all someone else's other. Regardless, we keep trying these two approaches and wonder why nothing really changes. What's worse is that even we Christians fall into the same routine. But for us, it's worse because that routine may in fact cost us our faith. When polled, most Duns, i.e. those who are done with religion and have left the church, sing similar songs as to why they left, and those songs usually include a lyric about church members being just like non-Christians and everybody else, and the church acting in ways that Jesus didn't and wouldn't. In fact, it's a charge that even Christians level at each other when things aren't going their way. All of this raises a question when I read Mark chapters 13 and 14. How does Jesus remain faithful during his passion? Without a doubt, the last few days of Jesus' life contained such a level of suffering that it would be impossible for most anyone to bear. Soon after Jesus shares the news of the destruction of the temple, about the end times, about coming persecutions and tribulations, news that no normal person enjoys sharing with anyone, it is decided by the religious authority that Jesus must be arrested and killed, Mark tells us. Then his disciples get all judgy with him over his anointing, Judas decides to hand him over for money, and his closest friends refuse to comfort him in his agony. This is just the beginning of his suffering. Betrayed, abandoned, denied, beaten, falsely accused, tortured, and crucified. How does he remain faithful throughout his ordeal? think the answer is, Jesus can remain faithful because he knows who he is and he knows God's character. Ransom for the firstborn and the perpetual remembrance of the Passover. God's commanding Jeremiah to deliver his word to the king of Judah. Quote, Do what is right and just. Rescue the victims from the hands of their oppressors. Do not wrong or oppress the resident alien, the orphan, or the widow. And do not shed innocent blood in this place. That's from, Isaiah, from Jeremiah 22, 2 and 3. This is who the descendants of Abraham were created and called to be. And this is who Jesus is and why he endures and moves beyond his suffering into glory. So when we remember who we are and how we were called to live, no matter what betrayal or suffering we face, we can be certain that God is with us as we participate with God 
in the great plan of salvation. But here's the thing. Even though God knows us and all the horrible things that we are capable of doing and all the sufferings that we will cause others, we are still entrusted with Jesus' mission and the presence of the Spirit. Though he knew that they would betray, deny, and abandon him, Jesus still shared his body and his blood. He shared himself with the disciples. At the beginning of Philippians chapter 2, Paul tells the church that its members must share the mind of Christ Jesus who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, coming in human likeness, and found in human appearance. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Because of this, God greatly exalted him. And as we remember who we are, we see who God is, a God who brings salvation. The thought that Christ's faithfulness through suffering results from God's character is seen and summed up clearly in this week's reading from 2 Corinthians in Paul's thanksgiving to the church. He writes, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and God of all encouragement, who encourages us in our every affliction so that we may be able to encourage those who are in any affliction with the encouragement with which we ourselves are encouraged by God. For as Christ's suffering overflowed to us, so through Christ does our encouragement overflow. If we are afflicted, it is for your encouragement and salvation. Our hope for you is firm, for we know that as you share in the sufferings, you also share in the encouragement. We can remain faithful in and through difficult times, through our suffering. Because God is a God who cares for the widows and the orphans and those who are not of Abraham. And God is a God who makes a new people, one that places its hopes in the life and example of Jesus Christ, that acts boldly to live as he lived and receives the freedom to be transformed. Let us pray. Gracious God, through the presence of your Holy Spirit, remind us of who we are through Christ as we persevere in our afflictions by remaining faithful just as he did. Give us the courage to seek your will and every other person's needs as more important than our own, following Jesus' example. May we heed your warning through Jeremiah, And may we never fail to remember your faithfulness, your blessing, and your love. It is in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.